Hey, John Lim here. We're moving forward with episode 394. And today is a special episode to coincide with the launch of my books, as I've mentioned briefly last week. Tomorrow, I will be releasing another episode 395, which will be a continuation of the summer film series that's been ongoing this month. So if you're following the summer movie series, that's uh, those episodes are released on Friday. But today, Today's episode is to celebrate the publication and release of my book. So I've talked about this throughout uh, this season and in past seasons, and I'm excited to announce that both of my books, and yes, I actually have two of them that I'm going to talk about today, The Poshmark Guide for Individuals and Small Businesses, as well as The Poshmark Seller Journal for Individuals and Small Businesses, both are available now on Amazon. The Poshmark Guide you can get in paperback or Kindle. The Seller Journal is available in paperback. And actually, pretty soon, I'm going to be working on an audiobook version for the Poshmark Guide. So look out for announcements about that in the coming weeks. So let me talk a little bit about, uh, on today's episode, a little bit of my journey with Poshmark. Uh, For those of you who've been following the podcast for a while, you'll know that I have an entire series of episodes on Poshmark. Recently, I had my friend Ashley Waters-Gordon earlier in the summer who I interviewed. She's a fantastic Poshmark seller. In fact, she just had a write-up in Time Magazine. So I'll have that actually linked in today's episode as well as my conversation with her if you want to listen to the story of a, a really busy person who also manages a very successful Poshmark business. So let me give you a brief summary of my history with Poshmark. Now I go into more detail on this on the Poshmark miniseries as well as the new book. So you can check it out there. But my dad has been in the clothing business for many, many years. And he has a um, a small business, a retail business, where he mostly focuses on designer clothes. And for the longest time, there was a distinction between people who buy clothes online and people who buy clothes in store. For, I would say, in the early 2000s, in the two, in the 2010s, those were two very distinct categories of shoppers. Around 2015-16, that line started to blur, especially with more and more people buying clothes as it became more accessible on places like Amazon. So as Amazon started getting more into consumer goods, that's where you started to see the line blurring. And that's when my dad started to notice a shift in the business. Whereas the steady stream of customers that were in-store customers were pretty much exclusively in-store. He started to see a change in which customers would come in, they would get their measurements, maybe uh, take some pictures, and then they would leave. And later on, he'd find out that they bought it online. And that started to become a trend. And that was as early as 2015 and 16 that we saw that. So I got into a discussion with him and we talked about how do we adapt to this rather than try to resist it my thought was we should try to adapt his business, bring it into the 21st century, and expand his business with e-commerce. And I go into this in the miniseries, I go into this in the book, but basically it was a two to three year journey of trying to find the right platform. And we tried every single one. And it wasn't until 2018, spring of 2018, that I ended up trying Poshmark. Now, initially... I wasn't sure that Poshmark was going to be a great fit because 
If you know anything about the app, it was initially designed with individuals in mind, individuals who wanted to sell clothes from their closets that they're no longer using, or maybe small startup businesses that were buying clothes at thrift stores. I have a lot of friends who do that, and they run a business where they buy high-quality items that they find at thrift stores, were on sale at retail stores, and then do what's called retail arbitrage, where, where they'll sell them on Poshmark for a profit. But for an established retail business, the idea of going and using Poshmark as an e-commerce channel was really unorthodox in 2018. What ended up happening, though, was out of all the e-commerce platforms that we tried, and we tried pretty much all the major ones, and I document this both in the mini-series and in the book, Poshmark ended up being the best fit. Now, it required us to learn an entire new ecosystem, a new way of doing business, and a new way of marketing. So it wasn't as if I could just list items and just list it and leave it, as as they say. It required adapting to a whole different mindset and a whole different culture of selling online and really engaging with a community. And that's what Poshmark has as one of its attributes is a robust community of buyers and sellers. And then as we gain traction, I decided to document this and share it on my podcast. Now, in 2019, I shifted the format of the podcast from doing interviews, moving forward used to be exclusively an interview podcast, to a solo podcast. And in 2019, I decided to create a collection of episodes that were serialized. They were mini-series. And one of the first mini-series was starting a business online, specifically on Poshmark. And I basically broke down everything we did to get started and to build up traction. And uh, those episodes and blogs are some of the most popular and most listened to to this day. In fact, I have a couple of blogs that, uh, that continue to get quite a few reads and hits based on the fact that they really specifically talk about tactics and strategies for selling on Poshmark. Towards the end of 19 and going into 20, that's when I really thought about taking that content in addition to other notes that I had and expanding that into a book. And that's when I fleshed out the first manuscript. And as I've shared on prior episodes, that's something that's been ongoing since 2020. And recently I talked about the avenues towards getting this book published. Or if you want to listen to that story, uh, take a listen to um, episode 388, which was the mid-season finale. And uh, as those of you who've been following the podcast know, I, I took off June and July, most of July, from recording new episodes because in part I was working on finalizing this book. And that brings us to now uh, the book is finally out. I'm really proud of it, and uh, it's it's taken a lot. And if you listen to some of the old episodes or the recent episodes, you'll know that it's been quite a journey to get here. So it hasn't been easy. And the reason why I really wanted to get this book out, two reasons. Number one, uh, so many people have reached out to me about Poshmark, including individuals that I've connected with, friends that I've made uh, through this business, who have wanted to learn how to start or how to gain traction. The other reason is, and this was the real motivation behind the book, 
e-commerce selling is something that is still very difficult for a small business to adapt, adapt to. And I really wanted to break down how we did it and why we did it, how we found the right platform, why we decided Poshmark was the ideal platform for us or the optimal one, and what we did to make it work. Because all of those are different pieces that require a lot of changes, developing different muscles and skill sets to not only get traction, but to maintain and grow that. So I thought this was really important to really provide a resource, not just to individuals who want to start a business, but to small businesses that are still struggling to adapt. And we saw a lot of that during the pandemic over the past couple of years. And still many small businesses are are struggling with that. Retail businesses, I'd say clothing businesses in particular, struggle with trying to make that leap into e-commerce. It's not easy to do. And we were the crash test dummies. We tried every major platform. We tried every e-commerce solution that uh, that we could really think of, including the big ones, the major ones. And I talk about this on the podcast, uh, on the Poshmark miniseries. I talk about this in the book. And why did we end up with Poshmark? I mean, that's all documented in there. And it's it's an unlikely platform, but it's the one that ended up being the optimal one for our business to adapt to or my dad's business to adapt to. So all of that is documented uh, in my book, The Poshmark Guide for Individuals and Small Businesses. It's not only a step-by-step guide, but I also talk philosophically about some of the challenges that small businesses have when it comes to adapting to e-commerce or integrating e-commerce. I talk about adapting to a new ecosystem because Poshmark isn't simply a e-commerce platform. It's an entirely different culture. It's an entirely different language of selling and marketing. And I talk about this and our experiences with it. I even document uh, a lot of the mistakes that we made in order to really give you the full transparency of our journey and also to help you so that you could learn from our mistakes and hopefully minimize or avoid them. So all of that is documented in the book. In addition, I the book is very interactive. It uh, takes you step by step and chapter by chapter. There are exercises that take the reader through on getting started, building your business, understanding how the marketing and the branding works, understanding how sales and transactions and negotiations work. There are um, charts. I have plenty of examples, real live examples, photos that document our journey. It's all uh, built into the narrative of the book. In addition to that, I've created several worksheets that I think will be very helpful for two areas that I think are very challenging for any business, whether you're a solo business or you're extending a retail business online, and that is inventory management and negotiations. And so I've developed two worksheets that are in the book, and that actually leads me to the second book, the companion book, which is the Poshmark Seller Journal for Individuals and Small Businesses. So the guide really talks about the principles and it really goes into navigating the Poshmark platform. The seller journal is basically a collection of worksheets, both for inventory management and for negotiating. Now, the journal works great as an extension, as a companion to the Poshmark guidebook, but 
you can also use it standalone because what I've done is for those who may already be experienced sellers, but maybe want more of just the the management tools, the inventory and negotiation tools, uh, I've created just a separate journal and uh, there are sample sheets in both that are filled out. So if you just want to use the workbook by itself, you can, the journal book, uh, but it also works really well with the the Poshmark guide. So they're they, they work in conjunction with one another where you can use them separately. So that's the Poshmark Seller Journal. And that was really, uh, that, that was really, I wouldn't say 11th hour, more like a 10th hour decision because the Poshmark sheets, in fact, one of my beta readers thought that the, the sheets were so helpful that it sparked the idea to create a separate book just with inventory and negotiation sheets in them. So that's why I have those in there. And in fact, that's one of the things I'm going to share today on this episode. So I want to share uh, my favorite inventory management hack. It's something that we had to develop as we were expanding my dad's business online. And I think inventory management is probably one of the biggest challenges that you will see when you start a business like this. Now, if you're just listing a couple of items from your closet, let's say four or five items that you're no longer wearing, it's really not that difficult to maintain the inventory. For the most part, you should know where they are. And when you sell them, hopefully you've put them in one place so that you you can quickly wrap them up and pack them and ship them out. But think about it if you expand the business. If you decide you get traction on this and you decide you want to build it into a business, and I have friends who have done that, who have really grown their businesses, starting out with just a handful of pieces and grown their inventory now to several hundred pieces. Once you start managing several hundred or over a thousand items, inventory management becomes very, very important. And I've talked about this on the podcast, on the Poshmark mini series on the podcast. So you can find that in greater detail and deeper discussion there. But one of my favorite tools and and hacks that I've developed is to use what's called an, an SKU or stock keeping unit. It's basically an identifier code for every single listing. And so when we create listings on Poshmark in the description field, we'll not only write what the item is, let's say it's a an overcoat, a gray overcoat, we'll add a stock keeping unit number. And if you're selling items, especially if you're selling new items that still have the tags on them, most manufacturers and brands will have specific code numbers related to style. In fact, the the most universal prefix you'll find is style number. Style number followed by a, a code number. It's usually a combination of numbers and letters. And what we do is we simply use that as a stock keeping tag within our Poshmark listing. So we'll we'll literally just type out style number followed by whatever the style number on the tag is. In the case that we don't have a tag where there's no style number, we'll either use a different identifier code. It could be anything like a barcode number or barring that, let's say you're selling something from your closet and you don't have the tags on the item, you can create your own stock keeping unit number. It could be something very simple. But I recommend get into the habit of doing this early and you may want to put it into a sheet or you may want to use the inventory management sheets that I have created in the Poshmark Seller Journal where I have a field for stock keeping unit number. Create your own numbering system. You can put it into a spreadsheet, you can put it into the journal and that's a great way to keep your inventory organized. 
And the reason why this can be important is because in the case of a retail business, let's say you're running a retail shop and you sell clothing. Well, when my dad sells an item in store, he has a point of purchase system on his computers that allows him to update the inventory. They basically scan it or they punch it into the into the interface and it updates the inventory. The issue with selling online is that currently none of the e-commerce platforms, including Poshmark, none of them directly interface with my dad's computer system or his point of purchase system. So we have to have a way of managing inventory that we sell on store that we have concurrently listed on Poshmark. And the easiest way to do that is to use a stock keeping unit number. So if he sells something in store, he's able to notify me either by sending me the stock keeping unit number, the style number or whatever, or a picture of the tag even. I can find it on Poshmark within our closet and I can update the listing, either reduce the number of inventory if it's more than one or take it offline so that it's no longer available for sale on Poshmark. And uh, one of the features that Poshmark has added recently within the last year that has made this a lot easier is the ability to search within your own closet. Traditionally, you had to search within all of Poshmark if you wanted to search at all. And so searching for something like a gray overcoat would not be a very useful search because you would, you would pull up literally hundreds, if not thousands of listings. So we use the stock keeping unit number because it made it a much more narrow search. But even then, searching Poshmark at large would usually yield multiple results, especially if other sellers were using that stock keeping unit number in their descriptions. Now that Poshmark allows you to search within your own closet, and again, I've talked about this on prior episodes, you can search within your own closet and the stock keeping unit number gives you a very targeted pinpointed search. Also, searching within your own closet allows you to run broader searches if you need to, but I recommend start tagging your listings with that SKU or style number, even if you're just starting out and you only have a handful of listings, because if you decide to grow your business, it's going to save you that much time later on as you grow your listings into several dozen, several hundred, or, or over a thousand listings. In addition, and I've talked about this on prior episodes, so I invite you to look at the listen to the Poshmark miniseries or uh, read it in the book. Poshmark offers a lot of different customer relationship management tools. There's a My Seller tool section. You can look at things like My Sales Reports, My Inventory Reports, and a newer feature called My Closet Insights, which gives you a snapshot of brands and items that are selling within your closet. So these are all options that I talk about in the book. There are also features that I've talked about on the podcast. So I invite you to, to look into those. Uh, but I wanted to briefly mention that today. So getting started on Poshmark, I recommend start early with tagging your items with that style number or stock keeping unit number. Again, that's one of the reasons why I created the Poshmark journal was to create a collection of inventory sheets so you can manage your inventory. And in addition to that, and I talk a lot about negotiation both in the book and I've talked about it on the podcast, the Poshmark miniseries, negotiating is a skill set that some people have to develop they may not be accustomed to doing. So negotiating online, because Poshmark really is a marketplace where you're not simply listing items that you're selling. Potential buyers can make bids or offers, and it's up to you as a seller whether or not you want to accept it 
counteroffer it or reject it. And if you're just starting out and you've never sold online before, that can be a little bit of an intimidating prospect. So what I've done in the book is I've broken down basically guidelines on how to approach negotiating. And in the journal, I've created sheets for negotiating to actually create guidelines with each item that you list so that you have actual guideposts to refer to. Because when you're negotiating, if you get an offer for something, and I've talked about this on prior episodes, you're going to feel a very strong psychological pull, especially if you've never sold anything before. It's the very first offer you get. You're going to feel a strong pull towards that offer because that's a signal that someone wants to buy something from you. But if the price is not what you think it should be, or if it's not quite where you think it needs to be, then you're going to be a little bit conflicted. And and I've talked to people who have sold items, and later on they had what I call seller's remorse, where they feel like, oh, you know what, I think I, I sold too soon, where I, I sold it at a price that really didn't match what the item is worth. So I talk about this in the book. And with the negotiation sheets, I break it down on how to develop those guideposts, especially if you're starting out, so that you actually have a strategic way of looking at negotiating and looking at offers that come your way to decide whether or not you want to accept counteroffer or just decline altogether. Because you really don't want to do this based off of purely on emotion because you're, you may not make the right decision, especially if you're not accustomed to negotiating. So I break this down in the book a methodical way of looking at negotiating. And in the journal, I actually have sheets where you can actually lay out the guideposts for each item that you list. So again, the Poshmark guide for individuals and small businesses, that's available on Amazon in paperback and Kindle. The Poshmark journal for individuals and small businesses, that's available on paperback. That's also on Amazon. You can find those. Just go to amazon.com and search for them. Or if you go to bemovingforward.com, I now have a new tab on the menu for Poshmark books. They're also listed in other areas on the website. Or if you want, just go to the show notes in the podcast. And in my link tree, the the books are at the top two links on my link tree. So many different places you can go to find them. But I just want to say thank you, everyone, who has been so supportive during this writing process the listeners, people who've reached out to me on social media, people I've interacted with at at Poshmark, as well as several Poshmark sellers who were fantastic beta readers. They gave me great feedback on the book, and uh, they are really, their feedback and their input was just invaluable. So uh, I just want to thank everyone, and this has been a long journey. I'm really happy uh, and proud to get these books out, and I hope they will be helpful to you, especially if you are If you want to start a side business, maybe selling items from your closet, if you just want to try that out, or if you're running a small retail business and you are struggling to expand your business online, particularly if you have a small clothing boutique, I think this book will be very helpful and I think you'll relate to our journey. All right, those books are available again on Amazon where you can head over to bemovingforward.com. As a reminder, Tomorrow, I'm going to be continuing with the summer film series, so episode 395 will drop tomorrow. And then as we uh, end the summer movie series, I can't believe we're almost finished, Uh, as we get into the fall, I'm going to be 
resuming the standard episodes. And I have a lot of things to talk about with Poshmark. There are new updates, new features, a lot of which I talk about in the book. And I'll be talking about some of these in the fall episodes. All right. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And I'll be back tomorrow with episode 395. You can find the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. The views expressed by any featured guests are not necessarily those of the host, the program, or affiliates. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and bemovingforward.com. All rights reserved.